It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Plan with Dan. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel. He is the founder, of course, at Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you throughout the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, thanks for joining us this week. How have you been, sir? I've been great. How have you been, Walter? Oh, doing very well, and glad to hear that you are also. We've got a great show on tap today. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that we can't control and then how we can use the things that we can control to, I guess, make the things that we can't control not matter so much. We'll explain what we mean on that coming up on the show in a couple of minutes. We're also going to take a great question from Gretchen coming up in a few moments. She just lost her job and is wondering if now is a time for a Roth conversion. We'll get Dan's opinion on that. But first, before we get to any of that... Extra, extra, read all about it! It's time to see what's happening in the news. And Dan, you know, a recent USA Today article was published, and it explained, oh, you're going to love this, explained that (laughs) carrying debt past the age of 75 is now the new normal. I'm curious, how do you advise people on handling debt heading into retirement and beyond and your reaction to that article? Well, uh, first, Walter, I have to ask, what do you mean by I'm going to love this? I'm not sure what that, what does <laughs> like, that mean? You're going to love to attack this is what, ah, I, is okay, what I was okay, getting Okay, 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 I like yes. it a little better. So, well, I think that's really interesting. I, 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 need, I need to rephrase, oh, you're going to love this. That, okay, that's, is that a little okay, bit better? That's, better. That's, better. <laughs> that's a little better, thank you. I guess, first, let me tell you that I really have never met anybody in retirement or even contemplating retirement who's been able to have a very powerful uh, retirement, you know, one that really allows them to live a life of financial peace and freedom that has significant debt. So I really encourage, you know, all of my clients to take the steps necessary to get rid of, of, of any debt before they retire. And at the same time, I might even go even farther than that. You know, you're going to really know I'm the, you know, the child of immigrants when I say uh, that it's probably also very, very smart to think, you know, before you retire, am I going to, you know, need to purchase a new car? Are we going to have to put you know, a new furnace, you know, an air conditioner in the house? All those possible things you could think of, take care of those things, you know, before you retire and have sufficient cash reserves you know, in, in, in order to meet any future, you know, payments or, or, or you know, purchases you're going to need. Now, with that said, on the other hand, you know, I hope I'm a compassionate guy. And there's some people that sometimes through no fault of their own, they find themselves, you know, in their 70s and they still have debt. And if that's the case, you know, then we have to come up with a plan uh, to begin to manage and service that debt. Maybe we need to look at a you know, a reverse mortgage or something like that that can help them. But uh, I guess the bottom line is, you know, you're right. I really don't think that debt is a good idea when you uh, start to approach uh, retirement. As a matter of fact, I think it might be what would rob you from a successful, happy, you know, confident, peaceful retirement. And I would encourage you to take those steps to get rid of that debt before you retire. Such a big issue in our world right now. It's often focused on young people, I think, Dan, because, yeah, yeah. you know, college debt has been such a big part of the conversation, and credit card debt tends to, I suppose, happen more when you're kind of going through all of the, you know, expenses of life in the early on phase. But it's just becoming more and more popular now, even amongst retirees. And I know that that's kind of a, a little bit of a scary symptom because it's, it's not really helping people win that game of retirement, right? Yeah, so there's really not anyone that's going to help you with your retirement. There's no, you know, retirement loan organization like there's a student loan 
that you can get student loans to help you with school. So you've mm-hmm. got to take steps to take care of yourself. And uh, uh, like I said, you know, uh, on the other hand, you know, things do happen in people's lives and they have sometimes no choice. And that's a different story. And I still think it could be very useful for you if you find yourself in that situation to talk to someone who can give you some good strategies to manage that debt in retirement, but preferably no debt in retirement. All good thoughts. And that's a little peek of uh, something that we've spotted recently in the news. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, that sound means it's time to open up the mailbag and answer a question from one of our listeners. And Gretchen from Pickerington has our question of the week. Gretchen says, Dan, I lost my job and will probably be without income for a few months while I look for the next one. Is this a good time to do a Roth conversion since I won't have as much income this year as I normally do? Hmm. Oh, Gretchen, thanks a lot for the question. And uh, first, I'm really sorry you lost your job, and I I wish you the best, and and I hope that you can find one very quickly. You say, I think, in, uh, in your mailbag question that you might be out for a few months. Well, I hope it's not even that long, but it's, it's a really great question, you know, and you're right because whenever you do a conversion from a traditional IRA, you know, to a Roth IRA, you're going to incur, you know, uh, income taxes. And uh, I don't really know enough about your situation to give you a definitive answer, but I would, I would give you some uh, of the issues that you need to think about. I mean, first of all, you know, do you have a big enough war chest, so to speak, or big enough savings that if, and I hope this isn't the case, but if it takes you more than a few months to find a job, a new job, will you be able to weather that storm? And and are you confident that your new job will pay you the same? Or is it possible you may have to take a position that won't pay quite as much initially until you can find the, the job and replace the, the old income? So my first question would be, you know, make sure before you even before even go to the next step, that you really have a big enough war chest to weather the storm, even if the storm is going to be considerably longer than than you and I certainly agree, hope it will not be that long. Uh, and secondly, I'd ask you, and if that is the case, do you have sufficient funds to pay the income taxation that would be generated on that? So I, I guess that's my, my real question is, I think it's a, it's, you're thinking along the, the right lines, and I love that you're, uh, how optimistic you are, and I think that's really great to be that optimistic, but I would uh, be cautious and just be very, very sure that you have enough money to weather the storm and any of the other issues that might come up as you're waiting, you know, to to find this new job. And I I wish you the best of luck. And thanks for a really great question. Always great questions here on the Plan with Dan podcast. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, you can do that by going online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Again, that's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Well, Dan, on today's show, we talked about how we were going to talk about these things that we can't control and the things that you can control. And in retirement planning, I mean, there are numerous things that are out of our control. We're going to give you some of those examples. But here's the thing. Fortunately, some of those things that you can control allow you to deal a little bit better with the things that we just can't get a grasp on or can't really influence in any way, shape, or form as an individual. So numerous examples of this throughout retirement and financial planning, Dan. One of the most obvious is probably the stock market and the fact that we can't really control what's going to happen to it. But part of the solution can be controlling how much risk we expose ourselves to when it comes to the market, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really a great topic. And I'm trying to remember, hey, you can help me, Walter. How does that um, how does that serenity prayer go? You know, God grant me the, what, the, the wisdom to... 
to, do, to do you know, know, about know the things I can like, control and the yeah uh, why why yeah. we're failing it not being able to pull this off the top of our head. <laughs> no, that's okay though here we go uh, hold on yeah. Google will, will Google will come to our help here grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference to know the difference yeah because your question kind of reminded me of that and I I find that you know just in all aspects of life really some great wisdom for us to take to heart but you know especially as it comes uh, as you said you know as it applies you know to financial planning and to planning for our retirement because you know you're right you know not only we can't control the what happens in the market we also can't predict it i mean anyone who says they can predict the market it's kind of a strong word but i i call them either a charlatan or perhaps a little self-deluded but we can control how much risk you expose yourself to uh, to within the market. As a matter of fact, I, I tell all of my clients that you know there's these 20 must-answer questions that you really have to know the answers to if you're going to you know move your uh, retirement and financial planning experience from one of stress and worry toward you know uh, one of peace and fulfillment. Is you have to know how much risk is inside your portfolio. And my experience has been most people don't know how much risk is really embedded inside their portfolio. And I'd encourage you to take the time to do what I would call like a portfolio MRI that allows you to look inside that portfolio and to really determine, you know, how much risk is inside of that portfolio. Because it's not, you know, if we have another market downturn or if the market, you know, experiences a 2008 again, it's it's just a matter of when. And you need to be prepared for that now. And you, there are steps you can take to pull that risk out of your portfolio so you can weather that storm. And I think that's a great great first step for someone to take is to know how much risk is inside their portfolio and to be certain that their portfolio does not have any more or any less risk than they're willing and able to take to meet their investment goals. I've got a bit of a, a personal story I'd love to share if uh, yeah, if, if, if you're all right with it, Dan. Absolutely. This topic is kind of near and dear to my heart. So kind of, you know, some, some self-confession here. When I was a, a little kid, I was basically afraid of everything. So I had these really ridiculous fears, but it wasn't just like one thing, it was everything. So if there was a 5% chance that there might be a thunderstorm in the afternoon, I'd freak out when I was a kid. And hmm. and then when that first clap of thunder or flash of lightning happened off in the distance, it would bring our family to a standstill. I mean, literally could not function. Had to immediately get in the car and get home and get to shelter. Like, that was how bad it was. I just, I always thought every thunderstorm was going to turn into a tornado that was going to kill me. I was deathly afraid of spiders where I couldn't sleep at night. But then I was afraid of really weird things, like my parents not having enough money to pay the bills, you know, and this is like a, you know, seven or eight-year-old worrying about these kinds of things. And like, and, and we were, you know, kind of your average middle class family. There was nothing that should have really inspired that fear. And it was just, you know, I could list lots of examples like that. And I just was afraid of everything. So, and it became pretty paralyzing to our family. Long story short, my parents uh, actually did take me to a, a psychologist, um, ended up being the husband of, a, of one of our school psychologists that we went to. And just a little plug here for, you know, mental health. And, and I, I think it was just an awesome experience and really, really helped me as a kid going and seeing the psychologist. And it didn't take him long. And he said to my parents, What's happening is basically he has these adult fears with the seven-year-old's ability to process them, and he's worrying about these things that he can't control. And up until mm-hmm. that point, my parents' response had been to try and hide things from me. So if it was going to storm that day or there was a hurricane brewing way out in the Atlantic, 
you know, I'd start getting obsessed about it and start worrying about it and, and, you know, almost breaking down in tears about it when the thing is three and a half weeks away and may never even make it to the mainland. I mean, this is the kind Hmm. of thing we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they would try and hide that information from me. What he said is you actually need to take the things that he can control and give him power over the things that he can't control. So they found very quickly all these tools that we could use to help overcome those fears. And so it was something as simple as having a a little emergency kit for every time a storm came up and having sort of a plan. Instead of hiding the information from me, let's turn on the news and you can watch the weathercasters talk about the storm and describe what it's doing and, you know, read the alerts at the bottom of the screen and, you know, start to experience some of those things. And sure enough, it worked like a charm. I started to overcome a lot lot of those fears. Went back to kind of being a normal kid and now it's got had the complete opposite effect. You know, fast forward many years later, I'm a weather nut and I love it. You know, now I can't get enough thunderstorms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not it's more of a passion than it is a worry. Just using that one example. But it happened in many different things. So this is just a, a neat way to kind of frame this conversation of taking the things you can control and giving them some power, some comfort over the things that you're not able to to get a grasp on. But I think that's a great story, Walter, and it really does uh, fit exactly into what I'm trying to express because, you know, I think there's real power in, you know, in education, information, and that's exactly, I think, what the what your family was doing for you. They were empowering you, you know, by giving you additional education and by letting you, you know, letting you in on what was really going on. And uh, I find that exact same process really helps take the stress out of uh, people that are contemplating retirement, you know, let them look behind the curtain, so to speak, and see what's really going on inside their portfolio and inside their financial life. And then empowering them, you know, to use that information to rid themselves of of all of the stress and the fear in their lives. So that's a great story. I like it. Great point. And uh, this next one falls right in line with that as well. Uh, Something I used to worry about as a kid, you can't control how long you live, at least for the most part. But you can control how much emphasis you put on creating lifetime income streams. I know you have that conversation with a lot of folks in the office. You know, that's so true. Um, You know, for a lot of people, perhaps, you know, the only lifetime income stream that they're thinking about is social security and and social security, you know, for most clients, you know, is a very nice base, but it's not, it's not sufficient for the type of retirement that they want. I work with a lot of clients. There are a lot of teachers and professors that they work for the, uh, their policemen and firemen and they have pensions. And, you know, sometimes they'll come in kind of sheepishly and they'll, you know, they say, well, I never earned a lot of money. If I say, well, wait a minute, you know, you have this, I call it a golden apple. You know, you have STRS, State Teachers Retirement Service, or PERS, Public Employee Retirement Service, you know, a fireman. I was just talking, you know, my son's in fireman school. He's almost finished and he's looking for, uh, you know, a fireman position. And, you know, even though he's, you know, not quite 21 yet, he's looking around at the different uh, counties are paying. He's going to probably have to start in a smaller county and work his way up and hopefully get to a bigger one that pays more. It's going to have more exciting things that he wants to do. But I was telling him, I said, you know, Kai, whatever county you work in, you're going to be a part of PERS, the Public Employees Retirement System. And, you know, you can't appreciate this now, but you're going to have a really nice pension or income stream. So, you know, if that's possible, I, I really encourage people to really think about how great it is to have that pension. And I have other clients, you know, that, uh, that maybe they have rental property. And uh, I just uh, was talking to someone this week who was thinking about, you know, I, I sold my business, but I, I didn't sell the building. And uh, the plan is, you know, that the, the new medical facility inside of his of his of his office, they're going to pay him rent for the rest of his life. And then they'll have an option to buy the building, you know, when he passes away. So it's really, really smart to do everything you can to control and have multiple 
means of income coming into your house. And you know, I have some clients that don't need to work. They have sufficient income and sufficient savings to work, but they want to do something that's really empowering to them now. So they're taking a, you know, a part-time job and it, it might be you know, uh, teaching just one class because they really enjoy it. I have a, uh, a client, he was a, as a doctor he, and he does not want to practice medicine anymore, but he was asked you know, to, to actually teach a class on oncology you know, at the local nursing school and he's loving that. That's another income stream. So there's lots of things to consider and I would just encourage you to consider them and find those multiple income streams that work for you and your family. And to think about one, maybe even you know, working part-time, not because you have to, but because you want to and it's meaningful to you. Great points as always, Dan, and I think it's another good example of something we can't control, but how we can use some of the other resources at our disposal to at least get more comfortable with what's happening to us or allow us to deal with those things that are out of our control. Here's a big one, Dan. I guess you could make an argument here that we have some very small control over what tax rates are going to look like in the future. Very, very minuscule, microscopic control over that ultimate eventuality of what's going to happen to tax rates. And, of course, I'm alluding to the fact that, you know, depending on how you vote, I suppose, you could have a small influence on what tax rates in the future look like. But for the most part, as an individual, there's not much we can do about what that's going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years. But we can control how much of our wealth we leave in places that can be taxed in the future. You know, uh, that is such a good point. You know, I, I find it absolutely fascinating when you look at the impact of taxation on retirement income. And actually, I, I actually uh, co-authored a, a book called Secrets to a Tax-Free Retirement, and it addresses this issue. And, you know, we've all been told for most of our lives, that, you know, if you're in your 50s or 60s, you know, put all the money you can into your 401k and your IRA, you know, tax defer, tax defer, tax defer, tax defer, you know, and, and not that that was bad advice, but maybe it wasn't the best advice because people aren't aware, but taxes really are at an historic low. And it, it seems like that really there's very small chance that taxes are not going to go up. I do think we're going to see taxes increase in the future. And, you know, if you can take steps to move your retirement income from uh, tax deferred to tax free, I think that is a very, very powerful move to make because not only do you have to pay tax on the money that you pull out of your IRAs and your 401ks and your pension, but it also impacts whether or not your social security will be taxed. And something else that you know, really shocks a lot of people is they uh, don't realize that the, say, the tax repercussions of losing the spouse. Because you have this idea, well, you know, I'm paying this amount of tax, and when my spouse passes away, my taxes will go down. Well, often taxes actually go up because, you know, you lose the double standard deduction and uh -huh. you lose the, you know, the double personal exemption and taxes go up. So if you can actually have a pot of money in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, then who cares if the government, you know, increases taxes because that particular pot of money is not taxed. So you take it totally out of play and it doesn't matter anymore. And uh, like, what a powerful thing. So I encourage people, you know, if you'd like to get a copy of the book, just please contact me. I can send it to you electronically or in paper format. And it's going to give you several steps you can take to move your assets from uh, tax deferred and taxable to tax-free bucket. So yeah, it's it's a great thing we all can do to mitigate our taxes in retirement. 
Dan's got lots of resources you can tap into when it comes to uh, learning a little bit about those uh, different elements and uh, when it makes sense to to roll over, when it's a good idea to kind of shelter that money from potential taxes. The number to call to reach Dan is 614-472-4510 or online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, we can also look at one more angle here in terms of this conversation before we wrap things up on things you can control, things you can't control. We can't control what's going to happen with Social Security in the future, but we can control, just like we did with the tax situation, how heavily our income plan relies on Social Security. And I know that the answer to that should be very little, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I I just recently uh, taught a class at Ohio University on retirement planning, and uh, one of the units was on Social Security. And actually, you know, I I found it really interesting, the research I was doing preparing for the class, but the, the statistics are a bit are a bit disturbing, but I can't remember, 36, 37% of Americans, their only source of income in retirement is Social Security. And interestingly enough, they had a a pie graph in there, you know, what percentage of income, retirement plan income is is coming from people that still have to work, and that number was also about 30-some percent. And that's a bit disturbing. But, you know, if you are just starting out or even in your 40s or even in your 50s or even if you're, you know, even seven to 10 years away from retirement, there's still so many things you can do, you know, to begin to save money for retirement so that when you do retire, you will not have to rely just on Social Security. And, you know, sometimes people are discouraged. They say, you know, I should have started earlier. Well, okay, maybe you should have, but that's still fine. Whatever you have in front of you, is still going to be significant time to make a difference. And I encourage people you know, to sit down, to speak with somebody, to speak with someone who can help you. For almost all of us, we're able to find a way to begin to save and to begin to accumulate wealth you know, for the future. And sometimes it can be done in a very painless way. So I encourage people you know, to think long-term and, and to think what would even you know, a few hundred dollars a month be you know, in 10 years, if you were able to consistently put that in the market and to receive even, you know, six or 7%, a very conservative rate of return. Yeah. So I encourage you, you know, don't rely totally on social security. It's not too late, no matter how old you are, take control of those things that you can have control over, you know, and create your own future. Because, you know, I really do believe that if you will it, if you in your mind, you know, decide this is what you're going to do, you'll be able to jump over any barrier and break through any wall to get there. And I encourage you to do that. Makes a lot of sense, Dan. And I will encourage people to get a copy of your Retirement Rescue Toolkit if you have not already received this. You can get it by actually just going to the website, clicking in the link that we have in the description of the show. And this toolkit's packed with uh, Dan's book, lots of great information inside there as well, resources, reports to read about, uh, audio CD, DVD in there as well, Dan. Is that right? Yes, there is. Oh, excellent. So uh, lots of goodies in there, a couple other bonus items. And uh, you can get that again by just clicking the link in the description of today's show or go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And last but not least, you can always call the old-fashioned way to request that. 614. Yeah, yeah, 614-472-4510. Who does that these days, though, Dan? I mean, who who picks up the phone and calls (laughs) somebody? Uh, 614-472-4510. Again, that number to call. Dan, as always, thank you very much for your help and uh, guidance on the show today, and we'll look forward to another good one next week. Thanks a lot, Walter. All right, that's Dan Betzel, and this is the Plan with Dan podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.